Welcome to About Your Money. This is Penn State Cooperative Extension Educator Robin Kulik, housed in Elk County, Pennsylvania, sharing with you important tips that can help you reduce your debt and increase your personal net worth. Today I'd like to talk with you about getting your financial house in order before you buy a house. Buying a home is actually two separate events. First is determining the housing that you need and can afford, and the second is finding a loan that best meets your needs. I'm going to address the financial aspects of buying a home. In 2007, mortgage delinquencies and foreclosures are at an all-time high. It's shocking to read published statistics about millions of people who've fallen behind on their mortgage payments. It's alarming to read stories about people whom you don't even know who are struggling to keep their homes but it takes on an entirely different perspective when you know the real people who are on the brink or have lost their homes due to foreclosure. If you don't pay your mortgage payment over a period of time, a mortgage company has the legal right to take possession of your home. A foreclosure is a major negative on your credit report. It can have an adverse effect on you when you buy insurance, apply for a job, or try to obtain financing in the future. With a foreclosure, there's a good chance that the lender will sell the property for less than what you owe on it. And should this happen, they'll pursue you for the deficiency balance plus various fees. There's nothing worse than paying for something you no longer own. Foreclosure can be a gut-wrenching, humbling experience that you want to owe, avoid at all costs. So how can you prevent and avoid foreclosure? Get your financial house in order first and then seek home ownership. As Benjamin Franklin, a famous Pennsylvanian, once said, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Before you move into a home, you should have your spending under control, have little or no consumer debt, be credit worthy, have savings set aside for emergencies, and have a reasonable down payment. So there are six elements that I'd like to discuss with you today. Number one, is your spending under control? Do you have a budget or a plan for where you want your money to go instead of wondering where your money went? Are you able to pay all of your bills on time and do you have money left over at the end of the month? If not, you need to start doing some serious record keeping to find where your spending leaks are. Keep track for the next month of absolutely every cent that you spend and then start figuring out what categories where are you spending your money. Develop a budget around your baseline income and your baseline expenses once you know where your spending leaks are. When you have the opportunity to take on a second job or perhaps pick up over time, that's great and wonderful, but that extra money should not be built in as an expected income. That is money above and beyond your regular income that you can use for emergencies or other special activities. If you have an irregular income, you need to find a baseline, and those weeks that you're making wads of dough over your baseline, this is the money you bank for those weeks when you're underemployed and underpaid. Number two, little or no consumer debt. How much of your monthly income is devoted to paying down debt? If more than 15% of your take-home pay is going to debt service, you're in trouble. Add up your car payments, student loans, credit card, and any personal loan payments, divide by your monthly take home to determine what percent is going out to debt service. If it is above 15%, work hard to get those debts paid down and or paid off. Number three, credit worthiness. In order to qualify for a mortgage, you need to demonstrate to the lender your ability to repay what you borrow. They will analyze this ability in several ways, looking at where you work, how long you've been there, how much money you make. 
They also look at your past use of credit, your credit history. Generally, the better your credit history and score, the more likely you are to qualify for a mortgage and for a lower interest rate than someone with credit issues. I recommend that everyone check their credit history annually as a means of detecting identity theft early. This is especially important several months before making a large purchase such as a home. You don't want to have your heart set on a dream house only to find that the bank won't give you a loan because of credit history problems. If you have credit issues, there is no easy fix. Make it a goal to pay all your bills on time and to follow the lender's rules. As time passes, those credit blemishes become less important as lenders tend to look at the past 12 to 24 months of your credit use. Even a bankruptcy may not prevent you from getting a mortgage, but you are viewed as a credit risk and will most likely pay a higher interest rate if you are approved for a mortgage. Even your, if you're a victim of identity theft, it takes time to prove which debts are yours and which are not. So plan ahead several months prior to considering purchasing a house, check your credit history, and work to get it cleaned up if there are problems. It is not essential that you know your credit score. If you know your credit history, you can guess where your score stands. Also, each lender uses a different scoring system, so when you check your credit score, the number you're looking at may actually be a different number because you're using a different agency possibly than your financial institution. Number four, emergency savings. After all the expenses of buying a house, closing costs, maybe some new furniture, some appliances, maybe some lawn equipment, are you gonna have any money left in the bank for emergencies? Don't leave yourself short. Ideally, you should have between three and six months of living expenses set aside. Some in a bank or credit union savings account and the remainder where it will earn you the best interest rate such as a money market account, CD, or even US savings bonds. Go back to item number one. When you're tracking your spending, you should have money left over at, each, at the end of each month. This is a great way to find money to put into that emergency fund. Now, once you've built three to six months of uh, emergency savings, if one of you loses a job, if you get hurt, maybe can't work, possibly a new baby enters the family, the car needs new tires, heck, maybe even need a new car, now you've got some money to make those purchases rather than relying on credit. Lenders like to see that you have been prudent in the past about saving and investing, so when they see you have some money set aside, this is another point in your favor of them lending you money in terms of a mortgage. Number five, reasonable down payment. An old bank requirement was at least 20% of the purchase price down. This is the bank's way of spreading the risk. They would finance 80%, you would put the 20% down. Alternative financing arrangements are available where you do put less money down but this often requires that you purchase PMI, or private mortgage insurance, that you must pay until you reach the point where you have attained at least 20% equity in the home. This is the bank's way of protecting themselves from your defaulting on the loan. You also need to understand how your loan is amortized. During the early years of the mortgage, your monthly payment is mostly interest with a little bit of principal. If you can put down a sizable down payment, then you reduce the amount of interest you will pay over the life of the loan. Number six, the 35% rule of thumb. All of your housing expenses, mortgage, insurance, taxes, utilities, anything to keep you in that home, when added together, 
should not exceed 35% of your take-home pay. Just because the bank may be willing to give you a mortgage that requires a higher monthly payment than 35% of your take-home doesn't mean it's a good idea to accept that kind of a mortgage. When we add this 35% and the previous 15% of consumer debt, we've just spent 50% or half of your monthly income. Contrary to popular belief, homeownership is not the American dream. It's a component of the American dream. You still want to eat, keep the lights on, send the kids to college, save for retirement, take an occasional vacation, heck, even have a life. When you take on a mortgage payment that exceeds 35% of your take-home pay, you're hindering your ability to have a fulfilling life and you may be making yourself more prone to falling behind on your mortgage payments. In summary, there are six elements to putting your financial house in order before you buy a house. 1. Develop a budget or spending plan and follow it. Get in the habit of spending less than you make and bank the excess. Two. Pay down your consumer debt so that the total of your monthly payments are equal to, or better yet, less than 15% of your take-home pay. Creditworthiness. What types of loans have you had in the past and have you honored those business agreements by paying on time? You may consider opening a credit card account, charging what you need, and getting in the habit of paying it off in full each month as another way of establishing more credit. 4. Emergency savings. Multiply your monthly take-home pay by six and set that as your goal. Start by setting aside money each pay toward that goal. If you can afford to save $10 a pay, can you increase it to 15? Small amounts really do add up over time. Number five, the bigger the down payment, the less in fi finance charges and PMI you will pay over the life of the loan. And finally, number six, do the math. All expenses to keep you in the house of your dreams should not exceed 35% of your take-home pay. Remember, if you continue to do what you've always done, you'll get the same results. From Penn State Cooperative Extension in Ridgeway, Pennsylvania, this is Robin Kulik, Extension Educator. For comments or questions, please email me at rkulick at psu.edu. To see the text of this podcast and other information relating to personal finance, check out personal.psu.edu forward slash rlk16 forward slash blogs forward slash about your money.